welcome to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. This is Kevin Kruger hijacking the uh, podcast here for a couple minutes. Thank you, Chris, for giving me that opportunity. Chris, there's been a uh, an obvious series of 1980 Edward football connections here to some of your podcasts. You've had our coach Flaherty on, Coach Urbis, Brian Flannery, the nice version of Bobby Lennart. Uh, and now I think today we're going to shift from those individuals who made this this place really special in the 1980s to uh, to a team that was really special. The the 1986 St. Edward Eagles football team, our state champion runner up crew, one point away from from glory. Uh, it was a it was a time back then, Chris, when uh, when Bobby wasn't so nice, especially to opposing quarterbacks. Um, when Chris Williams of the Chris Williams podcast hour was arguably the best running back in the country, my opinion. Uh, when St. Edward was stringing together national championships in wrestling, and if you remember, the Mentor Meat Grinder was probably tougher than the actual state title. Uh, when dinosaurs may not have roamed the earth, Chris, but uh, one roamed our sidelines and kept calling Woody Hayes style three yards in a cloud of dust running place. Uh, and that approach worked. You know, back in the day, uh, the saying was offense wins games and defense wins championships. And we certainly rode that as far as we possibly could. Uh, I think it was a time, Chris, when, when we all learned what it took to win together as a team. You know, committed to one another. Um, our most rewarding journey ending in the most bitter fashion a story quite literally one step away from glory. A game some of us to this day can't bear to watch. And for the record, uh, given that I could not attend due to a lacerated kidney, I've never seen it. Uh, you know, it's a time a bunch of us 50-something guys can look back at and say, I'm a better man because of this. I'm a better father, better friend, better partner, better leader collaborator, listener, lifetime learner because of this experience, these people, this place. And because of that experience, I know what it takes to be a great teammate. And uh, I'm forever grateful for that. And I know what it means to have great teammates. Chris, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's also the story of a team Enduring massive changes in coaching and philosophy over a four-year period and leveraging their greatest strength to persist through all that. Uh, play winning football and just go pursue a championship. And that greatest strength was our commitment to one another and to our cause. And that cause was winning and it was winning together. And we were pretty good at it even though we didn't quite finish the job. Uh, remember, this was a team that only had two starters named All-State. We were underappreciated even as we rolled through the state playoffs. Over 1,400 yards rushing by you. I think subbing out in the third quarter, 1,400 yards rushing in four playoff games. And yet we didn't care about the odds, the individual glory, the opinions of how we won. Uh, we just won. And there were Scooby Snacks. There was 2D2 coverage. There was Williams left, Williams right, Williams up the middle. Uh, some good stories to tell for sure and some great memories for us to hold on to. Uh, most of all, I think today what's left from that journey together is an understanding that we were 
and that we are and that we always will be committed to one another. That team is still a band of brothers. I'd do anything for any one of them, and I know they do the same for me and for each other. And uh, that's what real winning's about. Final score, the final game, be damned. Uh, and what did we learn and take away from all of it? We, I think we learned, Chris, that we can accomplish more as a team, working together with a common vision and goals, individual agendas set aside. I, we refused to be divided. We never compromised on our integrity, our standards. We, we picked each other up. We looked out for each other. We included each other and involved each other in all our successes. We learned from all our shortcomings. We were a team. We were united. I think at the end of the day, our country, our politics, our communities right now could stand to learn quite a bit from that message. And so, Chris, I think uh, that makes this a story worth telling. The 1986 St. Edwards Eagles football team. This is the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour, and today's guest, the 11-3, 1986-87 St. Edward Eagles State runner-up football team, a team that was hardworking, talented, intelligent, fun to watch, and as you will soon hear, full of characters and very entertaining. I thought we were 11-2. 11-2-1, right? 11-2-1. Right. Didn't we get, <laughs> didn't we get uh, Al a shirt that said, I coach an 11-2-1 team? <laughs> I'm going to kick off today's show. I'm going to go around the room. Guys, introduce yourselves. What position you play? Joe Romer. I played uh, defensive tackle. Wayne Nader, defensive back. Doug Fee, inside linebacker. George Padovic, inside linebacker. Bob Lenart, nose tackle. This is Jim Mocho, and I play defensive end. Pat Kennedy, center. Ray Jenny, offensive guard. Ray Lowe, fullback. Kevin Kruger, quarterback. Doug Roebuck, right tackle. Ed Kanopka, wingback. <laughs> Jim McAvoy, kicker. And of course, Chris Williams, running back. Here's how we'll kick this off. What do you guys remember about, you know, how we were touted? Is did people think we would win the state championship? What were your thoughts? <laughs> no, <laughs> but the, well, it had to be either that after the second practice, Monday or Tuesday. Mocho got all the seniors together at the northeast end of the end zone, I, and Jim, if you re, he was like, like, like the guy, like he, like was revved up and like he was always up like and everyone like you gotta go go, and he pulls that note out of his helmet. I don't know if you guys remember this, and it's like, like you know, hey, this is from the parents to the coach that you know you guys are gonna suck this year, and what are they gonna do about it? Was that like a real note? <laughs> I, I I honestly don't know. How did you guys? I don't know if it matters. It yeah, worked. Really. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was real to me. Good guy. Right? Yeah. No, we had a good. We knew we had a good team coming in. We were undefeated as sophomores, and we beat all the what would be considered the top programs 
in the state at that time. St. Joe's, Lake Catholic, Canton McKinley, Massillon, Ignatius. We beat everybody as sophomores. Yeah. Almost, right? Yeah. Our class was, we beat Ignatius? Yep. Yeah, I think, I think you had a good mixture of, of folks that got some time up top and got to play with some incredible athletes. If you think about the four, the whole four years, the progression of our of our years, you saw a team that got to the playoffs with an unlimited potential. Guys like Mobley, Sawicki, just some amazing athletes. You're going, there's no way these guys don't win at all. And we all got a little dose on special teams, or we were scout teams for those guys. But what was most impactful is you know we got to see folks that didn't get it done. Yeah, we didn't get it done at the end. There's no doubt that's a painful memory, but. We advanced further than any team had in years, but I think a big part of that was the development and seeing folks from, you know, Mobley, Danny Andrews, the, the offensive linemen that all won Big Ten, uh, Steve Lowe. I mean, George and I got to play with Steve Lowe, you know, um, Bells. Uh, Lee Lucas was just a monster, you know. Uh, when I was a freshman, I got to uh, see a kid named Eric Lester play. It's like oh. that's – that's the guy you want to be. Yeah. So you got to play against those guys. And then the next yeah. thing you know, it, you're that guy. And it's, it's like, wow. So, you know, the, the, the opportunity for us to do well, I think, was just immense. And, you know, we had a few solid athletes on offense that I think uh, made a huge difference, right? You know, the, I guess just to add to that, Doug, the thing that was amazing about those guys, they were all 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, yeah. What were we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> five ten, five eleven. You know, George, you're uh, probably six foot, right? Yeah. You were the tallest I, out I, of all of us. I was six it? two and always pushed at two hundred pounds. And Doug was five ten. Yeah, but in the program, two hundred pounds. So they're always pushing us. Yeah. So going against those guys, I agree, was just I mean, pushed us that much harder. Yeah. The great thing that you know I always remember is really just having you know played with these that group for all those years, you know, we went through all the, you know, the trials and tribulations of being underclassmen at Eds and, you know, some of those teams that came before us who I thought were super talented and produced some really, you know, big time division one school um, players. And we learned a lot from those guys, no question about it. I mean, my, my older brother played in 85 and was a senior in 85. And, and I remember playing scout team for those guys. And, and, you know, I just feel like we, it, it took the four years to kind of get us ready for that, that moment to, you know, finally be in control. And, you know, it's always, at those times anyway, it was always very much a senior league and kind of starting lineups, right? So we all had to pay our dues to get there. And uh, when we finally did, it was, you know, of course it wasn't, it wasn't easy throughout. I mean, we had our ups and downs throughout the regular season, but I think we peaked at the right time going into the playoffs. I remember a lot of comments about not a lot of returning starters, you know, some questionable talent on offense and defense, didn't know who was going to step up. There was this Williams kid and then, you know, everybody beyond else. that, beyond that, everybody else, right? You know, and I, and I, think, uh, I think we were severely underrated going into the season for sure. Yeah, yeah. No expectations. Yeah. No one had expectations <laughs> for us. Except us. Yeah, except us. Absolutely. Everybody back then, we were, we were seniors that didn't really play much. Only returners really that started were what? Leonard, <clears throat> Chris on offense, and am I missing anybody? 
Yeah, no, none of the offensive line. So uh, the whole offensive line was brand new. Brand new. And, right. Well, Sestilli. Sestilli, yeah, Sestilli started. He was, I think, he might have been at tackle as yeah. a sophomore. Everybody else was a senior, and he was a sophomore. There weren't, I think, any juniors that were playing. Doug wasn't even playing at that point, I don't think. That was a bit of a new identity for us, too. We, right, we were freshman year, run and shoot, Dan Flaherty at the helm, and this was just a couple years in the Al O'Neill ground game. <clears throat> Danny Andrews had just left, right? There was a lot of question marks about what, uh, what we were going to look like and what was going to be out on the field. I, thought, I didn't think we had any expectations to really do well at all outside our locker room right outside of our locker room yeah i think inside our locker room we had high expectations i'll I'll, it's kind of funny because when we were in eighth grade ray remember what we said as eighth graders before we went to eds do you remember what you and i said i do not that you wish you beat st brennan's no (laughs) (laughs) when we were in eighth grade ray goes to me goes when we're seniors we're gonna we're gonna go to state he told me that, and I remember that. Mm. But as freshmen, we went in and we had 120 kids that went out for St. Ed's football that year. They said that was the biggest class that ever came out for football. I don't know if they even come close to that today. Um, when we get to our JV year, we go 10-0. and And we played some really tough teams. <coughs> granted, they filtered in some juniors here and there. But, I mean, granted, we, didn't, we weren't getting the coaching that we would have got on the varsity with what we had. But... Uh, I, I had high expectations thinking that we were going to do really well. I mean, Chris coming back, uh, we had talent. The offensive line, I mean, we had good people. And with the juniors that we had coming over, my brother Mike, uh, Dorsey getting filtered in late in the season, actually at Sandusky, I think it was. And Sestilli moving, you move a guy out that's probably 190 pounds playing tight end, you move Sestilli in playing, you know, at 250. That's the perfect kind of line to do what we were going to do. We, were, we had the best line to run that offense at that time, in my opinion. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah, it's hard to believe, but you look back and we were 260 and above across the front. And nowadays that would be small, but back then you guys we're, were gigantic. We're you, were, you, were, you were big and you moved yeah. people. It's funny to think back that, uh, you know, I think a lot of times when teams are underrated and they're, or they're underdogs, they tend to try to pass, put you know, to put the ball in the air to overcompensate for a perceived lack of talent. But we just lined up and blew people off the ball. Yeah. I think probably the most underrated memories of our team are our offensive line. You think about the road graders we had up there, and everybody lined up, knew knowing exactly what was coming. You know, again, we go back to the mid park game and that coach before the game saying, "We know." exactly what to expect it's going to be williams left williams right williams up the middle they had there's no question what was about to happen and and we still had guys that were just blowing people off the line and we had a running back that was definitely best in the state one of the best if not best in the country that year and just a, ended up being a spectacular combination that all comes from spending time in the weight room and i just remember that weight room was packed day in and day out and it was hot and sweaty, mm-hmm. and guys were working out for an hour and a half, two hours, you know, and then uh, uh, playing track and or running track and throwing shot and disc and that all, <clears throat> I mean, just staying active the entire off season. And being forced to do that, too. right? Right. And if and if you and if you didn't, your peers would look at you funny. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, the peer pressure to keep on doing that was was awesome. 
Yeah, that and I think we held yeah. each other accountable. You, you really did. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Plus, you also wanted to be number one in the Fat Man Relay. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your Fat Man Relay was awesome. You did. Are you talking during track? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, then you can only run that at those Catholic meets. <laughs> right. I think we won a few of those. Yeah. That was the beauty of that day, too, that you could play two or three sports and kind of form a bond that you might not form otherwise, seeing guys in different situations, whether it was playing football together or in some cases running track together or playing baseball together. Or, you know, we saw each other compete you know, in a variety of different situations, and everybody knew that when the chips were down, we could count on each other because we'd seen it for three straight years. Well, did the track team triple in size at Al O'Neill's first year or first spring? I think I remember Bex being there in that room. And, and it got slower. I think Bex was introduced as the track coach, and I think there was something that was either said directly or implied that everybody in this room is now on the track team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you had you had people that did their job. You think about Mocho. You bring up Mocho. You weren't breaking contain. No. Angelo Ritson wasn't in our class, but you weren't breaking contain. So if you brought that stuff in the middle – you know, um, not jumping ahead, but we had a defense that was facilitated around bringing everything in the inside. And fortunately for George and I, we got to clean everything up. They didn't realize that, you know, an all-state nose guard was going to also help along the way. So, you know. Um, hey, I, I never feared that you guys weren't back there. Uh, it, was it was very, very reassuring yeah, yeah, to me. But everybody did their job, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, everything was funneled to the middle for you and uh, George to clean up. Now, be honest, for me as a defensive back, to expect to have to tackle someone in the secondary, it was very unusual, to be honest. Like, on a run play, guys just didn't get past that second level. I mean, that's how impressive we, our front seven was. Nice. Yeah, I'll never forget those triple butt drills, though. <laughs> <laughs> I always hated to go against Doug. I was like, it was, it was, uh, it was, It was fun. We all, I think we're all paying the price for it now, but um, some of that stuff has recently been banned and uh, it's no longer – an option but yeah the um you know I, we all have kids now and it's kind of interesting to have kids and talk to them about what's important and how to get uh people will go through the the roster and they'll say this kid's 6'4 and 285 and i always say yeah but and this kid's this and yeah but i tell you what you can't measure a kid's heart out of the, out of the program and uh, doing your job making everything work having the right guys and the trust and developing for four years. You know, I think that's when, even through the season, you look at our season and how it evolved, nobody had us on track to be in the state finals. Nobody. But I don't think anybody knew what we had gone through prior to prepare for that. And it started four years ago. But, you know, I think it's to do, do credit. It's the, you know, Ray L- or, uh, Steve Lowe, 6'2", 225 plays at North Carolina. I mean, these are the guys that kind of helped you along and showed you how to do that triple butt right, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and stay safe, you know, and still be able to get through school. But, um, you know, Prochko, right? yeah, yeah, Jerry yeah. Prochko, right, all those Benno guys. brothers. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, was a, it was really a funnel. So I think that's where it all started. But then the senior, everything just started gelling. And to get behind Chris and the offense and some of the statistics, you know, to make light of it, a little joke, you know, our defense played with a chip on its shoulder because – Every every Monday we'd get the newspaper clipping, and uh, I was telling Chris earlier. You know, we we shut out a Heisman Trophy winner and an NFL quarterback at St. Joe's, and the 
press clipping the next day on Monday was Williams runs for 250. St. <laughs> Ed's wins. You know, not, not you know, St. Ed's shuts out the prolific St. Joe's, you know. And, no, that's when St. Joe's was, I mean, oh, yeah. some, some they were incredible stacked. programs, right? They were stacked. So, yeah. yeah. That was a great team. But, uh, so practice, you know, I, I listened to Chris's podcast is when he complains about having to go. And we would go live and we'd be hitting Tuesday and beyond. So, you know, there were plenty of times where you get off me. What are, you, what are you doing? But we were all ticked off because we got no press whatsoever. A big shut up. We're like, you know what? You're, you're, here you go. It's payback time. So, the truth comes out, right? It's the truth. Like, oh, yeah. Comment, just one comment in your, you know, post game quotes. Well, I just owe it all to the defense. You know? They prepared me for this opportunity. Once a week, you had the opportunity to go ones on ones. Yeah. Otherwise, oh, yeah. it was always yeah. scout team. Yeah. And those ones on one, that little one day a week was tougher than any game we played because both yeah. sides wanted to win it. Yeah. And no doubt the defense dominated. Yeah. Uh, I remember Chris breaking through a couple times, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, I, and then you just quit. Like, he's yeah. gone. He's yeah. gone. It was great to watch. It was a lot of fun. Well, I do know you got me with the cheap blindside right. block. It would be about 15 yard penalties these, these days. Right. <laughs> so, what do you guys remember about two a days? Oh, God. <laughs> you don't, I, I don't know water. I don't <laughs> Honestly, one of, one, of the, one of the best memories I have, and this is going to sound strange because it has nothing to do with football, it's getting those little the big juice boxes yeah. at the end, they would bring like crates of them. You'd pay a quarter. Coach Urbis. Yeah, Coach Urbis. the street. Right. You'd get like, you get a quarter. It looks like the old milk cartons. You yeah. got milk cartons. And I'd get like two of them. And in between, suck down one. I was like, man, I can't even drink this other one. And I'd just give it away to somebody. We'd be eating lunch right outside right. under a tree. Yeah. And then what really sucked was special teams. You got to go out early. So you got to go in the locker room early. Put on that so sweaty uniform. I always hated that. That cold, dip. You know, you go to college, they're washing that stuff real fast. I go, not high school. You're wearing that nasty stuff, and you take it home and you wash it yourself. So, but, uh, Hey, at least we showered here. Yeah, That's yeah. true. That doesn't happen. You don't do that anymore. It's yeah. Yeah. Stuff home. Yeah. Some of them. It's bizarre. Oh. It's strange. Yeah. It is. You know, and then the other thing about two days for me, it was, it was all about, I mean, I feel like we hit every session – all day long. Even though I'm, I'm sure we didn't do that, but that's just kind of the, the memory that I have. It just was just pound, pound, and pound. Yeah. Conditioning, conditioning. Yeah. And conditioning. conditioning. I think that afternoon session, you got more of the mental conditioning in than the physical because that afternoon sun came out, the heat and humidity in August, and you're out there working, and it was just pounding on you with that heat through your helmets. It's just like baking your brains, and you're all still up there working your butt off. Right. And it's like you get that hard work mentality into you then. And I remember going home at night, like right after football, have dinner, and I'm in bed at six o'clock because I was wiped out. Yeah. But it's great times. It's like, I wouldn't trade it for the world again. Yeah, the best, best part about it is being together all day long as a team, that team bonding that you get, you know, getting to know kids that you, you never met before. You got a handful of kids from grade school, and you know, with everyone, your little pockets of friends that you knew, but for the most part, you, you got to know half of your freshman class before the first day of school started, and you got to know some of them really well. So right. I think that was yeah, definitely would make you feel more comfortable when you went in as a freshman, 
know and you knew people for the freshmen that came in that weren't playing sports and they're seeing like a whole school of freshmen through seniors that could be kind of nerve-wracking sure but you know we were already bonding that at that point and actually a lot of us already knew each other from eighth grade I mean, can playing each other throughout grade school and stuff so that made it easier for all of us I remember stretching and laying down in that wet grass, wishing I was a blade of grass. <laughs> hey, that field looked like my head at the end of every season, and it was all gone. And oh, then it was end of every that, season by week and one. Then, then you'd have, like, transplant grass growing out of that field, and then we just burn it out all over again. Oh, yeah. I think that field was meant for you to prepare you to play at BW. So I, I didn't want to play a BW. The funny part was... BW was like this. this yes. Yeah. BW, it was so hard, and the grains would go one way. And if it rained and you went with the grains, your feet would slide right out. But if you went with the grains, you would stick really well. Just don't get hit inside the knee because you lose your knee. But that was hard. I don't know which was harder, though. I, I want to say Ohio State was harder than BW. Ohio State was like sandpaper on concrete. That stuff was hard. That was tough, That was... They don't make it like that anymore, thank God. And then the other thing I remember about two days was doing uh, piggybacks up the old wooden bleachers. Oh, yeah, <laughs> before they took them away. Yeah, yeah. before they yeah. tore them down. Carrying linemen. Yeah. Uh, running backs, carry the linemen. Linemen, <laughs> carry the running backs. Why? Why that way? That was terrible. My <laughs> sophomore year, carrying Brian Flatter and then carrying me. Like, oh, good times. That way. It was fine. It was pretty safe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, the, the wood never gave, well, no. gave out. Never there broke. was no chance of falling through. <laughs> How do you get 120 freshmen playing on the far west side of the field in the goalposts, and it was nothing but rocks, dirt, and it seemed like it had glass ingrained in there too? Was the cinder track still? The cinder yes. track. That shit was every everywhere. <laughs> Didn't Teddy Bow like? Rip his finger off or almost. <laughs> and that cinder blind, yeah. Yeah, it was disgusting. It was terrible. I think they poured like PCB on there to keep the dust out. <laughs> <laughs> that, that far into the field, I cut myself. The scar's right there on the backside of my thumb. He's still having flared. He looks at it and the blood just rolling down my wrist. He goes, just go put a Band-Aid on it. You don't need stitches. Just go get it. Put a Band-Aid on it. <laughs> It's like there's dirt and there's blood and everything. Yeah, there's a piece of glass sticking out of my hand, but no, we just throw a bandaid on it. The good days. Don't miss it. It made, made you guys a lot tougher. made us all tougher. I don't think any team did the stuff that we did, especially Tuesday yeah. through Thursday. Or, 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 the, or, or the things we did before the season. Oh, like running the running stitch, stitch home home hill. Hill. Home yeah. Home yeah. Hill. I yeah. can't tell you how many times I threw up on that. Hill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, we were doing it Sunday mornings right. too. Right. Right. How many how many times did we do that? I mean, oh, was it every hell. Sunday. Yes, yeah. horrible. Yeah. Pushing, pushing, someone's pushing yeah. cars up it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was nuts doing those. You know those. Those death marches where somebody runs from the back to the front. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Chris yeah. sounds like he doesn't know. Did he we... wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need any extra work. I didn't have transportation, so I couldn't. <laughs> right. I know, but we, we needed the work just to keep up with you. <clears throat> I, mean, I ran once. I know. It was a good experience, and I 
have to go back. I'll give the that off the bucket list. I'll give the defense some credit because that was mostly Bobby. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. guilt you into being there. Yeah. yeah, and then they would bring those uh, those those military cadence. Doing Paris yeah, Island, Uber, yeah. Paris Island, Way, was, uh, yeah. and when are we in Paris Island the year before that? I think that was Will Swicky would do it, yeah. and I think Flannery the next year, and then Bobby let it out. Yeah. And we used to have we used to go out and warm up and do our stretches, and then Bobby go off into some cadence. Uh, I mean, with two days, I remember that when we started the two days, it was really hot that summer. And you're on that dirt field. The field was basically dirt, cinder tracks. I was going to say it was cinders all the way around. Glass, yeah. rocks. Yeah, rocks. Yeah. It was painted green. <laughs> Nobody left. We just hung out, you know, just in between practices. I don't even know how much time we had between practice, but it was a fun time, and there's no doubt. Um, I mean, I mean, you can't even put it into words. I'll be honest, you can't even put it into words. I can just still picture, picture us out there and even myself just sitting there up against the building. Under that tree, yeah, yeah. drinking her gallon of sugar water, yeah, yeah. vegan <laughs> store across the street, right. <laughs> running across the convenience store. Yeah. yeah, all right. So let's talk about the season. So the season kicks off. We're smashing people. We start at Garfield. What do you guys remember about the Akron Garfield game? I mean, he shut him out. It was twenty to nothing. What do you guys remember about that first game? You know, I think it was a shutout, if I recall. And, uh, you know, we got off to a strong start. I think that was our first dose of watching our offense play against another team. You know, we knew we battled it out. But we did our job. You guys did your job. Next thing you know, um, the paper's starting to pick up. We're moving up in the rankings. People are starting to talk about St. Ed's again. And uh, not that they weren't before, but I don't think they thought our class had, because we didn't have the – 6'5", 285 offensive defensive line and you know the blue chip athletes out there other than you know really Chris Bobby had a lot of pub but the truth was everyone else was no name I think as a matter of fact we kind of even called ourselves we got yeah. the no name defense you know um, but we got it done so I think that's when people started to make kind of take note of who we were um, but other than that it was no offense Akron Garfield when it was uneventful. <laughs> Sorry, but you know, I, we I, were just, I was just grateful yeah. we weren't practicing against somebody else at the time. I was like, somebody yeah. else did. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we didn't really scrimmage no. back then. No. You don't have three, four scrimmages yeah, like had, you do now. Right. You know, you're yeah. button heads against we each other. went to Euclid. And the only reason uh, I remember the Euclid scrimmage yeah. is because Robert Smith mm -hmm. was killing right. our JV. And I just remember yeah. watching that because, you know, we had to get dressed while we yeah. watched the JV scrimmage. And he was destroying that and I was just yeah. thinking, man, this what year? <laughs> yeah. Was that our junior year or senior year when we went to was it Maslin? Maslin was junior year. That was junior year. I thought we also had Strongsville <laughs> senior year. Senior year, didn't we? I only remember one scrimmage each. We scrimmaged Strongsville at Strongsville one year. So our scrimmages were um, we had Akron Central Howard, is that what it was called? We went we went there for a scrimmage, then we had Padua. I remember that you could scrimmage too, and I remember watching Robert Smith, and, and it was just undeniably the man. Thank goodness, and I, I actually felt like thank goodness we had to play that, those guys in the playoffs because he was just insane, insane uh, amount of talent and speed. Yeah, no, no doubt. It was a tough scrimmage. Yeah. One week before the Euclid scrimmage, 
Flaherty comes over and goes, Eddie, you're going to go to wing back, and Chris is going to be the tailback. And I'm like, okay. So go to wing back, and I've got like three days of practice at wing back. Well, I didn't know it was all blocking. You know, it's like <laughs> – so I'm out there, and we're playing Euclid, and I think we scored like four touchdowns, and this sophomore or this freshman runs this dazzling run. It turned out to be Robert Smith. I go, who the hell is that? He goes, that's Robert Smith. He's a freshman. Well, I'm blocking, and Chris is getting crucified on sweeps and 08, 06s, and Highland comes running on the field. Get that kid off the field. He doesn't belong out there. I'm thinking, like, who is this crazy parent that just ran on the field and is yelling at me? I go, I got three days to learn how to block, and they're already pulling me off the field. All I remember from that was, and Chris will probably remember this, we had, we had drills with Coach Flaherty all the time, and we had blocking drills. And the one week, I don't know why it happened, probably because I wasn't blocking too well, and I probably didn't leave it with the right foot at the time. But I would go, then another running back would go. I would go, then another running back would go. I would go, and I was dying. I don't know where I was more tired in warm-ups or during the game, but warm-ups were sometimes brutal because Coach Flurry was going to make sure I learned how to block. And by the end of the season, I was a pretty good blocker. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, I'm going to do a really dangerous thing and compliment Eddie. Uh, you know, I think that's part of what made our team great, too, is you, we had one of the top tailbacks in Northeast Ohio playing wingback. And, you know, he never never took a day to complain about it. He just – he spent the whole time really dedicated to that craft, super unselfish and popping holes open for you and for really really making the offense go. He was a big part of that, that success. And so I think it's that kind of attitude. We all had it. You know, everybody had to sublimate we something. unselfish as a team. I mean – Growing up and playing tailback in St. Bernadette's and being the guy, and then you go to St. Ed's and you're following the Kelvin Farmers, uh, Tony Pacey's, the Mobley's, the Andrews, Chris is there. I, I go, talk about tailback you as a high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just running guys out that just phenomenal. Brad Strenard left after our freshman year. He was one of the best backs in the area. He was MVP of the Southwest Conference his senior year at North Olmstead. I'm thinking, like, he was definitely one of the top three freshman running backs. And he left. I said, I'm thinking, like, our whole offensive line was North Olmsted, guys. We could have all gone to North Olmsted. We could have all been running. I could have been over there running all over the place as a sophomore. But you stuck it out, and you grinded it out, freshman, sophomore, junior year. And, and granted, I didn't end up at the position I wanted to be at. And even Flaherty came to me my junior year, and he goes, and he goes, I'd like you to go defensive back. I go, I really want to stay on offense, coach. And he probably saw the handwriting on the wall. But, you know, you're, you're a young kid. you got blinders on you. just – see what you want to see but in the end my biggest thing was I wanted to win a state title as a team and the guys were so important to me to everybody else and that's all we really care for that's why it was so crushing when we lost absolutely all right so we kick off the season with Akron Garfield we win 20 to nothing what do you guys remember about that game I'll tell you what I remember about that game Kevin Kruger is one of the smartest kids in the school. And I was telling the guys this, when you're playing at Lakewood High School and it gets really loud, and we used to call the play, the play would be called and they'd run a play in, Kevin get the play. He'd call the play to the right side of the line. Then he'd call it to the left. Well, when he called it to the left, the guys on the right couldn't hear it because it was so loud and his voice was going the other way. So he comes out and he goes, I wing right, wing back, trap left. And then he goes to the other side, I wing left, wing back, trap right. So I line up on the right side. Ray Jenny and Mike Kanaka, the two guards, both pulled and ran into each other. 
and I got crucified as the guy ran right through who was supposed to be blocked. You look like a pretzel. Yeah, yeah. You, get, you weren't. You get. You had to get out of the way. Right? I, I tried. <laughs> yeah. Four guys hit me. So and I ended up tearing my groin on that play, and it put me out for the Lakewood game. And I got into the North Canada Hoover game. And there's a story going on that. The, the genius of that call, Ed, was we were trying to open up two holes for you, not one. And it, you couldn't hit either one. You couldn't hit either hole. Yeah, two I, options. I think I just stood there. <laughs> I didn't know which way to go. All I know is I heard my brother Mike was pretty ticked off and he was mad. I did my job. <laughs> which side were you on? You were on the right, right? I was on the right. Yeah, you pulled. Yeah. Blame it on my brother. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that was a game where we got a peek at who we were going to become. We, yeah. we ran the ball pretty well. Yeah. Um, got the season off to a good start, put some points on the board. Our defense threw up a shutout. And I think we weren't terribly surprised. I think we... Started, you know, maybe that first week we started surprising a lot of people outside the building that uh, that the game was that definitive. But I don't think any of us were that surprised. There was there was something that we had been building to for three years. Yeah, definitely a confidence builder though. Gave us the momentum, to especially after going a few more games. <laughs> yeah, with, with, with Eddie out, we just built on that momentum week after week. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for sacrifice. <laughs> 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 that was my first start. Hmm. I didn't play tailback. I came to St. Ed's because I wanted to play in that run and shoot. So That's right. You know, we'll, hey, we'll go into it later. Me too. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll the playoff games, but the playoff games weren't even my best game at mm. St. Ed's. Mm. My best game at St. Ed's was my, my freshman year. We went to Lorraine. Yes. And I had four touchdowns. Was Dan King's dad the coach for Lorraine at that yeah. point? Yeah. Mr. King. We just, I remember being there. They were wearing, like black and yellow. Yeah. Yeah, I remember being out there. Yeah. It, I think it, it's worth big runs it's worth mentioning that too. You, know, you think about us coming in freshman year and we ran that run and shoot, and it's kind of interesting to reflect back on it because the rage in college football is the spread, right? And we were a hair's breadth away from running the spread. The only thing we had to change with that run and shoot is just drop the quarterback straight back, right. so you got the whole field to throw to. And it was really a beautiful offense as it was. Uh, you know, little three step, five step, seven step. Quick roll, right or left, distribute that ball quick. We had lots of options to flood zones with, at least on one side of the field. And it opened up a ton of holes for the running back. Yes. We, and we had the talent to run it. You know, I think that was that was pretty exciting stepping into that. Um, I think it's another example, too, of when things change. You know, how do, how do a group of people adapt? You know, are you, you know, do you... Do you think about individual goals? Do you think, you know, what we're here for is to win a state championship and you got to you got to set other things aside to do it. I would tell you personally, like Eddie's story is very much my own. I felt the same way going from throwing 30 times a game as a freshman to about three or four times a game as a senior. That was different. It was different. And uh, I, I remember one of our assistant coaches coming up to me and saying, um, hey, you know, we, I think it might've been Ignatius week, which might not be the best week to bring up, but Saying, saying like, hey, the you know the guys at Ignatius are saying your your arm's shot. That's why we're not throwing the ball. What do you, what do you think of that? And I'm thinking, thinking, what do you, you know? What do you want me to think of that? The only thing I can think about that is I don't I don't care. I don't care about anything outside this building. It wasn't from overuse. Yeah, like all, all I care about is you know are we are we winning? Are we doing the right things to to be successful as a team? I think I think we just had the right attitude around that. You know, things changed and we changed with them, and we were great teammates to each other. I came to St. Ed's hell bent on not even playing football. I don't know if I can remember that. I don't know. No, I 
didn't practice the first three weeks. Was it a swim club? No, my dad and I had <laughs> out over the, the summer about the some pool. friends from North Olmsted, and I didn't want to come to school here, and I wasn't going to play football. That's how I punished him. Oh, you weren't going to? I didn't practice the first three weeks. Wow. And I held my head in shame in front of Flaherty in the lunchroom one day and said, is there any way I can play? And he said, get your butt out there tonight. We'll, today and we'll see what happens. That's a good way to get yeah. Now, Akron, Akron was also the game that I got a little lifetime scar on my right hand here, right on the inside of my thumb, ripped it open during that game, and bled down the inside of Pat's legs the entire game. And then for the, for the rest of the season, to the point where about halfway through the season, his mom pulled me aside and said, can you just please stop bleeding on my son's legs? It looks terrible from the stands. Oh. Yeah, and, he, and I just told these guys a story. Even Al pulled me aside at one point and said, stop bleeding on Kennedy. And I was like, what do you mean stop bleeding on Kennedy? How could I stop bleeding His on? hand hit my yeah. cuff and then my cuff that I wore, maybe I should have tried a different cuff. <laughs> it, it opened that wound it, every it, week. Were, were you sharpening the cup on it? Every week. <laughs> <laughs> There's gotta be a picture somewhere. <laughs> Your mom even got to Al O'Neill. No, she got to him. And, and, and Al. Al. And Al. I guess, yeah. She's really upset about those white practice pants. Well, she was the one washing them. I know. Gosh. What do you guys remember about playing against Lakewood? Just, I thought it was going to be a harder game. It felt anticlimactic. Like, we were we were ready for that game. There were certain games during the season that, that we didn't. Yeah, that's what it was. You know, Ignatius game in particular, we, we didn't prepare for mentally the right way, right? We... That I think we good. we took them for granted and we paid for it, but Lakewood we were ready for, and I think I think. Uh, Who did you think we took it for granted? Ignatius. Ignatius. I, I disagree with that. So I, I have a theory about that. So after you know you talk about the Lakewood game, you thought we were you know we were peaking. Yeah. You know, really. I, I remember, and I told the defense what I remember after the Lakewood game is area coaches were starting to say how good we were. Right. And I, to me, it was going on in my head a little bit, you know, going into the Hoover. Because yeah, that's Lakewood, right. We were at Lakewood, and uh, well, Lakewood talked a bunch of junk yeah. prior to that game. Yeah, they did. And, I, and I remember, <laughs> I oh, that's awful. <laughs> but I, I remember they talked a lot of junk, and I went on, and they were doing an interview with me. And the only thing I could get out is they know what's coming. Yeah. And immediately after that, you were talking back, and Coach Flaherty. But I think all of us after that game realized, because you'll never say it because you're too modest, but we realized, we knew you were special. I think we started realizing how special you were at running back. I think so. Yeah. There, well, there, was, there was something different the about the way you ran the ball versus anybody else I think we'd seen at the high school level. It was just different. You were faster, quicker, stronger, all of it. And you could read the blocks. Yep. And I think all of us believed in you. You know, it... it uh, I know these guys were fired up to block for you. I couldn't wait to hand off to you. It was fantastic. <laughs> but but seriously, seriously, you were you were you were different, man. You you were different level. In the I did. So so I threw it six yards and you ran it sixty two. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. I, I was right. pretty sure you threw one to Collar. Yeah. Yeah, two that game. Is that the season high? 
Uh, no, two and two against Fitch too. Yeah. Huh? Huh? You had two touchdown passes against Fitch. I think so. Yeah, one, one. Oh no, one because the Stilly fumbled the one. You picked it up, ran it into the end zone. So it was one, one and a half. I'll take one and a half for that, please. I'll give you a half. <laughs> Lakewood then was a big rivalry, and it was. I mean, it's not how it is today. They don't even play anymore. But those were always close games. When we were sophomores, Lakewood beat St. Ed's. And, and that was just, from then on out, especially from a defensive back standpoint, the coach backs you weren't allowed to wear gloves. Because it was a freak play that resulted in, in that 85 or 84 team losing. So, but I guess, but I could, so that was a, it was literally a rivalry game. It was second to Ignatius for us, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, back in the 80s. Yeah. So, and to shut them out and win convincingly, that was a big win for us. And I know they wanted to win bad because I got a bunch of friends that were on that team, right. and it was always well, tough for me. We had a couple I mean, guys that were with up. us freshman year. Yeah, Bogarty, right? right? John Fogarty, Colin Johnson, Johnson. Yeah. Colin, yeah. 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 Dave Mitchell, all those yeah. guys. Yeah, and they wanted it bad that year. And they had—I can't remember his um, Eddie Zachariah, I think, was their running back, and he was a stud running back. You know, for them, he hit it hard. Be like Sacks. And then we go to Hoover. I tell you, I, I distinctly remember, you know, sitting on a bus, driving through, getting into that downtown area in Hoover, and like every store was closed. There were signs all over the place, you know, beat St. Ed's and all that kind of stuff. And then walking out into that stadium, and it seemed like, you know, and I there were probably 6,000 fans, but it seemed like 60,000. It was on top you know, of you. And they were right there. They were all going nuts. That was a, that was one of the most intense games I f I felt like we had mm -hmm. all year long. Yeah, we needed that though to kind of settle us back. I agree. There were two games that brought us on earth. That was one of them. Yeah. yeah. And Hoover turned out to be a really good team. They were in the they playoffs. Were they won the state. Team. Yeah, they won the state that year. I thought they got in like three years old. I thought they got beat, but I I know they were they went deep in. They were very I good. I could be wrong. They went to the championship game. Yeah. They, they were good. You know, we, we were a team that turned out to need a little bit of adversity. We had it we had it twice. And I think the way we responded to it made the rest of our season. But we needed it. We needed the wake-up call both times, I think, to get to where we ended up going. They had a pretty good defensive lineman that played against us. He ended up going to Carolina. Wow. And he played with Steve. Oh, no way. Yeah. All right. Uh, Boone. I can't remember his first name, but his name was Boone. But I remember we played, uh, played Carolina at Carolina. We beat him, and then Steve was actually waiting outside the locker room for me to talk to me. Yeah. And he had this kid with him, and so Steve and I are talking. And I'm just like looking at the kid. He's like grinning, and he's, he's like, "Hey, you remember me?" I'm like, "No, not really." <laughs> Steve's laughing, and he's right. like, "God, oh, this is such and such boom." Right. He played at Hoover, and I was, I was like, "Man, I, you know, I hated Carolina, but I had this like fire come uh -huh. over me." Like I hated Steve Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> I hated this kid because I remember that Hoover. How tough that game was, yeah. and you know we just we had a chance. We had like three chances to score. We did. For some reason, I, I couldn't put it in. We couldn't put it in. It just and it wasn't because it wasn't a lack of blocking that night. That's what I remember because I remember being in their secondary a lot, hmm. running around and just couldn't. Just couldn't <coughs> finish it. Just couldn't finish yeah. it. Yeah. Defense carries it all. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we let you guys down. Practices got a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, and it, 
we we talk about Al O'Neill, but talk about what he instilled in you guys as far as your attitude and your work ethic. What was it that Coach O'Neill brought to you guys? You know, the guy was just gritty. You know, there was no fluff. Yeah, don't smoke. But, you know, I think he spent the majority of his time on the offensive side of the ball, correct? And he trusted the coaches. Our staff was amazing. I mean, I wish one of those guys could be here. Like, our Bobby played in the NFL for a period of time. His twin brother was just an absolute monster, you know, football player. Dave Holian, um, you know, working with defensive linemen as also a wrestling coach. He had so many positive, uh, incredible coaches. Yeah, so... You know, coach backs in the backfield, you know, just, just they were outstanding. But, you know, I think as a whole, and we are talking about defense here, if you look at this, the, the schedule, I think we had 43 points allowed. And a lot of that was after Chris had run for 300 yards in the first half, and they didn't need us the first team in there. So I can assure you, if you look at first half scores, there were very few uh, touchdowns scored or, or points at all. But, you know, everyone did their job. Al O'Neill didn't interact a whole lot with him. I can't no. say we knew him all that well. No. We, we really didn't. But he let, yeah, it, no. it, it worked. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I can tell you right now, like, Al O'Neill, well, he, I don't th- he never knew my name. He always just called me by my number. I'm not sure he probably did that with, the, with a lot of other defensive guys. But he always seemed to pick my ear in between quarters if we were on the field, the defense was on the field. He said, hey, watch out for the screen. Watch out for the screen. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing he ever said to me on, on defense. And he said, number 29. Great. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm late. I don't know if I remember him ever saying anything. Yeah. I remember it all coming from Ole and McQuaid and the Williams yeah. brothers. Right. Yeah. Oh, there was a day he decided he was going to put me in at running back. Do you remember? That was our junior year. <laughs> He's like, Romer, come here. You're going to run there. And I'm like, okay, what's the pl-? I look at Danny. I'm like, where am I going? He goes, yeah, go over there. And I run over there, and I don't know who was who I hit. And I'm like, yeah. They're like, no, that was the wrong guy. You're supposed to go over there. <laughs> That's all I remember about O'Neal. Yeah, you were supposed to be on the other side of the ball. Right. That's how that works, okay? So, right. Awesome. Now, Chris, you mentioned North Canton. I, I think that was the time the defense actually stood up and we gelled. I mean, after that, it was it was a wake up call. We're like, I, I don't care that they're they, we we got the ball on the five yard line. I think, you know, our five yard line and they they scored. We're like, no, we can't let that happen again. And this this whole team just gelled. But I believe I mean North Canton Hoover, even though they were Division Two, they also won state championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, were, they, were, they, were, they were they were good. Well, so, I mean, they were it like wasn't like. I, I just remember halftime sitting against that fence, sucking wind, sucking some air, and I think it was Doug just went ballistic on yeah. everybody on the defense and just started yelling and getting us all, all going to, you know, and really turn that second half around. Yeah. But uh, we move on. We go to Lake Catholic, beat them twenty-six to seven. By the way, you had Willie Bears played at John Carroll, stud. You know, I mean, do we played some? We we had some uh, some talent on the other side of the ball. So as much as we talk about shutouts, I, I remember a couple names, and Willie is one of them. I actually see him all the time. Um, I mean, just a phenomenal athlete. Had went on to a, a great college career. So, you know, to shut out a team like that with athletes like that is something to be said. They'd asked me to go into tailback and said, "Oh yeah, I, you know." Most people say, "Hell yes, I'm going in to play tailback." I'm thinking like, man, just came off this injury. I don't want to go in with the second unit. <laughs> like, oh, they're already pissed off that they're getting their butts kicked. I said, no, you know what? 
I'm saying myself, I go, I'm all about the winning part. I'm going to stay healthy, get through the next practice, go on to the next game. And that's all I cared about. Like I said, at the point when you go from being a tailback to a wingback and you're doing things differently, all you care about is doing your job and trying to do the best you can. And at that point, I'm going, I'm not going to be the tailback. And I, it's not like I would need to gather stats. So I'm going to go save myself and go to the next game. So, I mean, Lake Catholic, we did a really good job against them. And the defense did a great job, like always. I think we were not favored in that Lake Catholic game, if I remember right. right. Especially coming off the, the loss to Hoover. Uh, recollection that, that uh, it was a, not only a bit of an upset, but the way that the game went was completely unexpected. Yeah. Well, the media is funny because, you know, back then there was media. Right. You know, there were three, four, five, six different outlets that covered high school stuff, especially ours. Playing three, four son. papers, yeah. TV. Yeah. You really think about it. His scrapbook he bought brought today. Yeah, I had talked to Norm Weber. From I, all kinds of papers. Yeah. Norm, Norm Weber with The Sun when he was just starting and The Plain Dealer with Dick Zunt and Godwin. Eddie Dwyer, yeah, Eddie Dwyer, remember Eddie Dwyer after the Berea game, talking to him about Chris's game and whatever. Um, just a lot of different things. And we were, it seemed like we were always on the news too, especially middle or late in the season, they were always showing highlights. So I used to be taping all that stuff. I lost the tape to a whole girlfriend, but not your sister. <laughs> Sorry, Mary. Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, wow. But, dealer no, I, I actually left it all over putting it through. Yeah. I lost the tape, and I always wanted to see that because I had the tape running from most of the season all the way through the playoffs, and that was, I mean, I kept scrapbooks and everything, and, you know, just really proud of the group. You were ahead of your time. I had the pleasure, too, in grade school, played with Ray Jenny, and knew he was a beast in grade school already. Um, Was that the bear? That was when we went 28-0 and beat Bernadette four years in a row. You would have lost if I <laughs> but, didn't break my hand. You know, it was early in the season that I remember, I, you know, I, I remember thinking I had to get the hell out of his way because he was the quickest pulling guard that I'd ever seen. And when you needed a hole, that guy was hauling. You know, my first two steps had to be super quick because otherwise he was he was knocking me over before I got so you the ball. The <laughs> Very low to the ground. No one could see me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As the what did the program say, Ray? The strongest hips and yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's a new one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the man was fast. That's the one thing of it. The uh, entire offensive line was pretty quick. Yeah, our whole our whole line was. Very the line got better as the season went, and my brother used to come home and he goes, "Man, he goes, our coaches work us and do this." I, you know, the I Lucas never, did. Yeah, yeah. He, I never he, saw he, the sweat he, work, but he said it was he, like he it was really tough. And he goes, "My brother goes, you could tell the line's getting better and better." And he goes, "The coaches are really putting us through a lot." Now, whether that's true or not, which I have to believe it is. Um, you, you, the, the line was definitely getting better, especially after next games we'll be talking about soon so i'll just well there was you know with the whole team there was no letting up on like you know the hitting every single practice brutal we had two line coaches yeah we had two line yeah we had two outstanding line coaches yeah we did that loved the sled and they loved that was what asenheimer and delugas yeah yeah great coach asenheimer then coach delugas goes over avon lake and wins the state title run the very same offense that al o'neill ran Almost the exact Pretty same much. offense. Right. He's you know, something out there is named after him, isn't it? Uh, yeah, there's a road. Well, yeah, a road right by the high school. Yeah. 
I think there's a there's a lot of legacy that says you know defense got us to that state championship, and that's not wrong. Our defense was incredibly dominant. They were, I mean, they they were best in the state, best in the state. But you you can't play that kind of defense unless you control the ball on offense. Right. And our our O line put us in a position to every game. Didn't matter who it was. There were seven, eight people stacked on the line. We were controlling the ball on offense. Totally agree. And, and you can agree this. There were a lot of times we we get the handoff, and it was we were in the secondary before yeah. anybody came close to us. So yeah. <clears throat> our, our control. Our our, ta- our toughest matchup for us was going against the varsity defense Tuesdays through Thursdays. A lot of the games, <laughs> and we were talking about this. A lot of the teams were easy. And not to say it was like we were just walking through like the, the freshmen, but our defense by far, our minds was the toughest in the state. And we weren't the biggest, but man, could they hit and they were so quick. I mean, and we had multiple mm-hmm. guys. We had Ted Ball and Setter playing nose guard, Birchmeyer and Bobby playing the tackles, Mocho and Ritson, who was a junior, playing ends. And that was an outstanding front right there. And then you had Fee and Padovic. linebackers, yeah. Fee and Padovic that were just like, I mean, Fee would hit you, and he'd break your ribs hitting you. He, he was bone jarring. And Padovic could just get all over the field. And, and the DBs were really good. I mean, granted, we didn't pass as much. And that era didn't pass a ton like it does today, obviously. But they were still really good. Absolutely. And it, practices, it made us better. Practices made us better. Granted, a lot of times I didn't think we were going to make Chris and I, you know, Chris would miss a, a Tuesday once in a while. <laughs> once in a while. I missed every Tuesday. Oh, yeah, well, I, I would go. Well, I, I would cry in my head. I'm sorry, Coach Flaherty. I'm going to admit this, man. I would cry going, oh, my God. I'm going to have to go because Chris is not going to be here. I'm just going to get killed all this practice. You know, you're trying to survive. You're the wingback. You're going to block bigger guys in the next game. But now you're running and getting beat up by your defense. So, I mean, I felt like I played full games going into games. You did. And it's it just brutal. And they don't do that today. And like I was saying, I go to all of us, you know, that went and played a little bit of college or all college or whatever. You go to college, even back then, you didn't do the hitting that we did. I mean, I know Ignatius wasn't hitting like we were hitting Tuesdays through Thursdays. There's no way. None of those schools were. Al O'Neill was just a different breed. He was, yeah, he was. He was old style caveman. He was definitely old style football. All right. Just like button heads the whole time. And that's, I mean, our defense was made for that. Move on to Erie Tech, which was our homecoming game. You guys remember that game? No, Erie Tech, they were missing a lot of guys, and there was a lot of freshmen and sophomores, believe it or not, that were playing against us. They might have been better the year before, but I don't know what happened, but they were missing. They were, if you look up and down their roster from that year, there were a lot of guys that weren't very big, and I think, I mean, that might have been our easiest game. I mean, because if you can't remember stuff, it, it, it it was a cakewalk. Well, back football, then, homecoming was supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. It really was. Do you think they give you a molar or bring in some out of state team from Florida or something like that? And this is homecoming. Was, nobody's all broken up It was pretty much homecoming. designed that way, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple years ago, they played that cathedral prep from Indianapolis. That oh, was, I, they won, but it was a homecoming. <clears throat> brutal. Yeah, you know, homecoming makes me think about our parents. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, one of the things 
that I think was pretty neat about our group too is our our folks all hung together during the games. They actually really yeah. liked each other. All had the sweatshirts, yeah, yeah, it was it was amazing. And we always had those spaghetti dinners. That's right. Yeah, we always had those spaghetti dinners. Yeah, yeah. Sweatshirt with my number and my brother Mike's number on the same sweatshirt. She goes, you remember this? He goes, all the parents, I, yeah, I do remember, all the parents were like super tight, yeah. the spaghetti dinners and all that stuff. I mean, and those I dinners were at they, people's houses. Yeah, they, yes. yeah, they were. It wasn't yeah, the they were. those were parents paying for that stuff. Over, we'd come here, we'd shower up, and someone's parent would be hosting a party afterwards. We'd all go there, get some food, watch the 11 o'clock news, the CS on the sport. That's we'd right, go, yeah. Whatever was going on, then when that, that was done, we'd all go out about our ways and go, well, there were some yeah, times the parents house. didn't know they yeah, were hosting. Go to Norton's. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember. That I think I remember. If you go back to that very first game of the year, I believe somebody stood up in the locker room and said, "Everybody, come to my house tonight. My parents are going out for twenty minutes." Refrigerator's <laughs> empty. Yeah, well, right. Refrigerator's empty. It was full when they got there. There were cans litter all up and down the street. But, yeah. <laughs> it's like the love machine. <laughs> Hear that thing coming came down the up street. in a podcast a few weeks back. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe it did. Erie, PA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was truly a homecoming. <laughs> so, what I remember about you know having the honor to play at St. Ed's was part of it was you know you would play a half against the team. You you beat the crap out of them, and then you got to you know untuck your jersey and chill out on the. Uh, yeah. On the sideline, you know, look at the cheerleaders, the <laughs> girls, all that stuff. But the reason I bring that up is because the Erie Tech game was the first and probably the last time that that happened after the first quarter. I mean, they, we had put it on them that bad. Right. So, but I, I just, and, I, and it was I, like, I, every time we'd come off, we'd score, come off the field, next thing you know, we're turning around, and I, I just, like, Nate and I, every time we went on and off the field, Wayne and I would always slap each other five. <laughs> every time. But I, it was just, it got ridiculous. I was like, dude. Who's scored? When did we score on defense? The first after Garfield. Oh, yeah, okay. That was yeah. You guys actually kicked off the season. So and in the playoff game good. when we get to it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys, you guys put some points on the board. You should have, uh, yeah. Yeah, I recorded my first sack and only sack in that game. And no one recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> it's recorded now, Joe. But we remember. <laughs> I don't know. We got to dig into this a little deeper. I don't remember ever getting any breaks after the third or fourth quarter. <laughs> you guys on well, defense? I can say this against against uh, Erie is that the second team. The only reason Erie scored is against the second team defense. They put a drive together, and they got down to like the 15 yard line. At that point in the fourth quarter, they put the first team defense back in to try that's, to preserve yeah, the that's shot. What I thought I remember that. So yeah, I mean. Yeah. They got in, but it wasn't because they they you know scored against the first team defense. Yeah, yeah. there's probably a few discussions where they said, "Hey, we're going to take you out," and there was some comebacks like, "No, you're not." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and you can picture Bobby, Bobby Williams say, "Well, he ain't coming out." <laughs> it's yeah, not doesn't work that way. Um, that's a good stuff.